Do you think that classical music is not for you and you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're a fan already and would welcome a fresh approach. You've come to the right place. Perfect pitch is for everyone, beginners or experts, whatever your age. Lend Nick Healy Hutchinson your ears for his weekly dose of classical music that will enrich your life. We often turn to music of different kinds depending on our mood and we'll discuss that a little in a future podcast. But when it comes to music of comfort, Bach so often fills the brief. It hardly seems possible that Bach is another of those composers who divides opinion. I suspect the limericks in 1884 weren't quite as amusing as they are nowadays, but this one appeared in an edition of the Musical Herald and sums up his detractors. Though full of musical lore, old Bach is a terrible bore. A fugue with no tune he thought was a boon, so he wrote 17,000 or more. Beethoven put it more wisely, describing him as the immortal god of harmony. Many musicians will tell you that they start their day by warming up with Bach, not by way of some regular exercise routine, but because his music is settling and the very foundation of everything that follows. If you're practicing the Elgar Cello Concerto, for example, you're unlikely to dive in with that first thing. To take a golf analogy, it's a bit like going to the range. You don't start with the driver and try and smash it out of the park without having perfected the pitching wedge first. You may not get quite as much fun at that, but its importance in your bag is just as great. Bach's St. Matthew's Passion is my one non-negotiable, save from the waves, desert island disc. Lasting just under three hours, it's stuffed with memorable moments. If the length of that sounds a little intimidating, don't worry, there's normally a decent break for the nourishment. We're going to listen to a passage close to the end. Mache dich mein Herz rein. Make thee clean my heart from sin. The music has this gentle skip to it, but with some long lines as well, which creates this yearning quality to let Jesus in. Lass Jesum ein. You don't need to be a believer, even if it might help, to appreciate sacred music. But if you aren't, no matter. When it comes to Las Jesum Ein towards the end, just swap the name Jesus for love, in the same way George Herbert did in his beautiful poem of the same name. If you look it up, you'll see that they are interchangeable. And if you remain unconvinced, just concentrate on love, because however hokey it sounds, it's the one thing we all need. Stephen MacLeod with the Collegium Vocale Gent sing Machedich, Mein Herz Rhein, conducted by Philip Herrewegger.
Now don't try telling me there's anything remotely dull about that. Right, time to lighten things up a bit and move east to another great tunesmith, Antonin Dvořák. Written in the 1880s, these two Slavonic dances form part of a larger set. It's quite possible that you'll recognize the tunes, but what you may not know is that they were originally composed for four hands on the piano before being orchestrated, and it's the piano version we're going to listen to now. Dvořák, like Schubert, also came from a large family. He was one of 14 children, eight of whom survived infancy, but that's still quite an endurance for his poor mother. His father was an innkeeper, which might go some way to explaining that. The young Dvořák was expected to follow in his father's footsteps, but the boy had different ideas, largely spurred by his champion Johannes Brahms, who persuaded him to spread his wings and leave his hometown of Prague to go to the US, where classical music wasn't really a thing yet. The huge success of his New World Symphony changed that almost overnight. In time, as you come to recognise the styles of different composers, there will be occasions when you just may not be sure. I've found that a fairly good rule of thumb is that if the tune is full of charm, Dvořák is often a good guess. Here's why, and I hope you'll agree. Later, he was persuaded to orchestrate these two dances, but I think they sound every bit as rich and colourful on two pianos. The first has a melancholic charm, and the second is a good deal more lively. What I love about these recordings, especially the first one, is the way that the two parts blend so well, despite occasionally having very different approaches. The young Yu Zha Wang is at the top end of the keyboard, and the older statesman Andras Schiff is at the bottom, and you'll notice how well his slightly playful attitude does nothing to undermine the lush melody being played higher up.
If you were to push me to name my favourite symphony, it would have to be Schubert's Ninth, the so-called Great C Major. No other symphony in the entire repertoire can hold a candle to its unbridled joy from the first note to last. By the standards of the day, it was a marathon work. Although having the conventional four movements, the performance will take a minimum of 45 minutes and can last up to an hour if all the repeats are respected, often leaving players exhausted. And that was certainly the experience on the first rehearsal. Many of them apparently just laughed, although the truth of it is that they were anything but amused, as it was relentless playing. And in the final movement, the violins took some umbrage at having to play second fiddle, as it were, to the brass and the woodwind, which I think is easy to detect. Schubert never lived to hear this. It was Robert Schumann who discovered it and persuaded Mendelssohn to conduct its first performance in 1839, more than ten years after Schubert had died. The instinct of anyone with half an ear for a good tune who listens to Schubert for the first time will surely be, please, please play that again. Schubert doesn't disappoint, with no risk of boredom. Schumann wrote of its heavenly length, and I'm always disappointed when it's finished. Schubert was in some agony with fatal syphilis when he wrote this. It's impossible to imagine with such exhilarating music. The final movement of Schubert's Symphony No. 9, the so-called Great C Major, is played here by the Cleveland Orchestra, conducted by George Sell.
That's it for now. Thank you for listening to Perfect Pitch with Nick Healy Hutchinson. He'll be back again next week with some more treasures for you. So please do join him then. And you can subscribe to this podcast by clicking on the link below. Thank you.